Yo, what's up, chumps? This is the Fantasy Chumps post-draft podcast, or what we call Draftsmas, one of the best days of the year. It is me, Leighton, joined again with Nate and John. Nate, how are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. It's a Monday. We're recording it a little early this week, but I can't complain, honestly. It was a good good weekend. Watched the draft all three days. We had a good time seeing some uh, some live and reactions to the uh, the Chiefs Nick Bolton draft. That was pretty cool. Shout out to Chase for that. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, no, I can definitely tell you guys are a little down on a Monday, right, John? I'm like, come on, type it up. Yeah, I'm gonna go start a separate podcast called The Investment Chump because it was a tough day in the market for me. <laughs> so if you're if you're looking ha- looking for a place to lose some for some bad advice. Check out that podcast. Hashtag not an ad. Uh, all right. Well, I just kind of want to start off. Um, what did you guys have any initial like things from the draft that you want that you like quick takeaways, Nate? Anything like that you wanted to share before we moved on? Um. Yeah, the Bears trading up to get Fields. That was crazy. I had a, I have a few friends from Chicago, and one of them told me that it was the best day of his life <laughs> when, uh, when they drafted Justin Fields. So, I mean, I guess that's that's worth mentioning. Um, but I don't know what 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 were you what was your takeaway, Layton? Oh, dude, it was. Apparently, this is your time. Apparently, the Chiefs don't care about positional value, but that's okay. Because actually, it's not okay. I was actually very upset after day two, but day three was better, so I was much happier on Saturday. But I know, I know, people are excited about Nick Bolton. I know John is definitely a little bit excited. Yeah, I think he's a player that's going to make the Chiefs instantly better. So I'm always excited whenever we can get a guy like that. I think he was a really good selection for what was available at the time, and then up uh with another good pick for the offensive line so yeah i thought round two was great for the chiefs i think one thing that was kind of poetic really was mac joe uh without without them having to trade up to get him um i personally don't think it was a great pick i have gone back and forth on mac jones so right now i'm down on him next week i'll probably be back up on him but um i i don't see him having a ton of success in new england i think there'll be a, a pretty middle of the road passing offense with Mac Jones at the center but we'll see how it plays out they got their quarterback and maybe they know something I don't there's a reason that I'm a college student and they are in the front office of one of the greatest franchises of all time so yeah um my my only quick takeaway besides my utter excitement when your team doesn't have first round pick you can kind of just relax and observe more one thing I observed is Everybody was talking about how deep the offensive line was this year. And I think, uh, you know, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I was really surprised that Jamar Chase went to the Bengals at five instead of Penny Sewell. He fell to the Lions and Rashawn Slater fell to the Chargers. So I think a lot of people were just, they knew there was depth there. So I think they kind of waited to, to address that needs until later on. So that's kind of my big takeaway, but um, moving on into the question of the day, um, at Britt Adams, 5414, 
Thank you so much for submitting this question. We really appreciate it. Is it possible for Patrick Mahomes to become the greatest of all time after losing to Brady in the AFC Championship in the Super Bowl, uh, Nate? Oh, man, put me on the spot. Um, I don't know. It kind of depends on what your definition of the GOAT is. Brady has the championship, so I think if Mahomes even wants to be in the argument for some people to be the undisputed goat, he would have to to match that, I think. But I think he can be like, I think a, a goat for me is somebody that can uh, just changes the game and transform transforms a position. Like I think he has, and he's, he's got the one championship. It's not just like a, a Michael Vick that that was the the mobile quarterback that can make the spectacular throws and runs, but Mahomes is is doing it with with a lot of success and with team success too. So I think I think he could be, um, but I just think he's got to start keep piling those championships on and just to give himself a fair shot. There's always going to be be haters out there that or Brady loyalists that are, that are not going to listen to a word you say. And we know a few of them, <laughs> but I don't know. What's uh, your take, John? Yeah, that's for sure. The truth. Uh, one thing that I'd like to bring up with the AFC championship knock is that I didn't really lose that one. I mean, that was, that was more so on the chiefs defense and Mahomes gets the ball there. I think that we end up winning. Uh, so that's, that's kind of a side point. Losing in the Super Bowl is losing in the Super Bowl. That's always going to be a stain on Patrick Mahomes' career. If you're looking at him from the highest possible level of uh, criticism of, oh, like Mahomes isn't the GOAT. Well, just because he's not the GOAT right now doesn't mean that he's not a fucking the most talented quarterback on the planet right now. And I think that Nate's right. I think that he still can surpass Brady for that GOAT status because he's off to a better start in his career than Brady was at the and I think if he continues to put up numbers like he has, maybe not necessarily last year because we had some issues. I still think that's very popular, the talent that he has, and if we can keep guys on the offensive side of the ball to support that, I think that Mahomes absolutely can eclipse Brady for that title of being the GOAT. I honestly I hate this question because after the last Super Bowl um, that we lost – the Bucks, obviously. Um, everybody always talked about, oh, this is going to hurt Mahomes' legacy, blah, 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 which is true. And it's kind of important. But for me, I don't really care, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I just want to, I just want to, like, win, you know? Like, I don't know. I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, obviously. And, like, you know, I would have loved a Super Bowl with Alex Smith, with Matt Castle, even though that was never going to happen. But, you know, if Mahomes is the guy to – lead us to Super Bowls. That's all I really care about. You know, I don't want to even, I don't like discussing the, the whole goat thing already. I, I just want to focus on the here and now and not get too ahead of myself. So, yeah, uh, I, I think going into the Super Bowl last year, I think I got a little bit ahead of myself and got and bought into the, the goat talk of Mahomes head to head versus Brady and like how important of a game this was because if Mahomes wins, he, he, I don't know, has a better chance of becoming the greatest of all time. Like, I don't think that should have been the reason why that was a big game. It was a big game because it was the Super Bowl. And I think I get a little, I get in drawn into the conversation of, 
or the the idea of him being the, the best of all time and i i want him to be perfect and i want him to set the 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 nfl on fire like he did his mvp year i mean i was watching the rogers versus mahomes last year for mvp like touchdown by touchdown interception by interception to see if he was going to do it that i just like i i forget or i take for granted just the amazing throws he makes on just a, a weekly basis and I don't know. I just I, I need to enjoy it more and just take him, let him be Patrick Mahomes, and let Brady be Tom Brady. You know. Yeah. But I just know the con- that conversation and the debate's always gonna gonna float around. I, I'm just happy we have a player that's in that conversation. You know, I think that's I get so more. True. I think I get more passionate about who's the best tight end in the NFL right now because I don't think it's <laughs> a question, but I know some people think so. But that's okay. So yeah, I don't know. I just. I don't like talking about it because I, I just want to focus on enjoying the ride. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to, it's, it's like when you get on a roller coaster, you don't want to be like, Oh yeah, we're just going to get off, you know, you enjoy mm-hmm. it. So that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I still look at it, you know, with the exception of the jets game last year, I looked at it by a game by game basis. So that's what I continue to and try to do because so it makes football fun. If you look at it too much from a macro perspective, then you're not enjoying the little details that make it as enjoyable as it is. So um, go ahead, John. Well, it's quick is that it is very likely we'll never see a team that we will not see a team better than this Chiefs team right now. So we need to enjoy it all we can because there's probably a lot of dark years to come after this. But we'll see. Yeah. I one of the last point before we move on. Um, the the one thing I always think of too is it's like, I, I know a lot of the talk going in the last one since it was Brady versus Mahomes was kind of this idea, and I always kept like pushing it away just because in my I kept telling myself like this is the last time that Mahomes with the Chiefs could be in the Super Bowl. Like obviously, I don't think that's the case, but there's always that chance. So. I just try to not even yeah, think about it. You've seen it. that with, with Rodgers now in his little midlife crisis. I mean, I'm oh, sure when boy, he was playing against like the Steelers, he didn't think that that was going to be his last Super Bowl for however many years. Was that was that like eight years ago, ten years ago? I think so. Yeah, and that was his only one he's ever been to. So I'm sure I mean, when – It's not like it's not like he's played bad since then. It's just no. that it's so hard to get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And Mahomes doing that in his second year, I think just <laughs> – Set uh set us on maybe an unrealistic yeah we, we pace of expectations we've all gotten a little excited yeah but all right well let's head on into the news um this is going to be obviously a lot of trade or not trade sorry a lot of draft news but first we are going to start with the trade speaking of that is the rumor that Julio Jones is on the trading block um that kind of popped up about a week or so before that they were listing the offers for him. Um, I think if it is going to happen, it would have been before the draft or it's going to be like sometime in the middle of June after that, you know, post June 1st, like deadline. So they'll owe him less money or they'll push it to next year. Yada, yada, yada. I can't see it happening, but uh, do either one of you see it happening? Honestly, no, I don't really see that happening. I've kind of forgotten about Julio. He wasn't, he was kind of irrelevant last year. He's more of Ridley's show, but I, I personally, think he's going to stay in Atlanta and kind of want to see him in Atlanta with Ridley and Kyle Pitts now. I agree. I, I see it being pretty difficult for it to move on from Ridley, especially with <clears throat> there's still being a good chance with 
drafting Kyle Pitts that they have a, a good and successful. I would be shocked if it happened, but um, curious as to where he would go. I, I don't know what my most likely landing spot for him would be, but I just find it hard to believe that a championship caliber team and what Atlanta would want for Julio at this point, because I think their asking price would still probably be pretty high. The Chiefs can trade our first round pick, the 32nd overall next year, to uh, for Julio Jones. I wouldn't be 32 mad. is the best pick to have. <laughs> um, speaking of the Falcons, man, we're a, a lot of Chiefs and Falcons talk to start, but they exercise fifth year option on. They decline it on Hayden Hurst, which isn't really surprising, but I know a lot more. Uh, Fifth-year options were picked up, like Sam Darnold and you know a couple other players. But I really wanted to highlight this one. Um, not all, it really was going to happen, but the Hurst one, I think, was definitely going to happen anyway. But it just kind of shows the faith they have in Kyle Pitts that they are already making that great assumption. Don't you guys think? I mean, I think they they're heavily invested in him and very optimistic on what he's gonna gonna bring for that position. Um, I thought it was very interesting. I think that, I mean, I know personally I hadn't given it much thought, but looking back on it, hindsight 2020, I think this is a great move. I could see working out really well. And um, I think there's the ability for Chicago to have a great season. Uh, they've already got a great pieces on offense that could help fields along the way and a uh, tough division to have a good season in, but I could see them being a real threat um, probably in a divisional round offs, but uh i like their i like their chances next season yeah i'm pretty excited about it i mean i just think i think the nfl is is better when the bears are in contention in contention or at least in the in the conversation of being a an above average team um but yeah, yeah. I, I i like it i think he'll have some success there sad we don't get to see andy dalton but I guess we get to see him on the sidelines, still in the Bears uniform. Andy Dalton is going to start. They're going to move to Justin Fields probably by week three. But the way I took it, this is a, a job-saving move because I know Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, the general manager, were on kind of the hot seat. So it, it was definitely one of those things where they needed to do something. They couldn't just stay back at I think nineteen and you know draft you know Kadarius Tony or somebody. You know they had to do something. So I think this was definitely the right move for them. Oh yeah, I don't see how this. I don't see how this. Sorry, I was gonna say I don't see how this goes goes bad. I mean, this is this has to be like probably their best quarterback prospect that they've had in like the last fifty years, right? Well, like it's definitely one of the most. That's probably the biggest move in their franchise history in terms of a draft player. So, Mm. in terms of drafting a player, excuse me, but. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to unpack with that one. I'm sure we'll see more as the season kind of rolls around and the offseason progresses. I'm sure little tidbits will sneak out about, oh, Justin Fields is going to start, blah, blah, blah. So basically what we're doing for this NFL draft recap episode is we're each picking three players that we think will, you know, obviously the biggest names or kind of the biggest ones to look for in regards to this upcoming fantasy season. And we're just – we're going to talk a lot about long-term, but I, I think for the most part, we're, for, we're focusing more just on this upcoming season. But before we get into that, um, we kind of want to do some player comparisons in terms of this upcoming season. 
um, in regards to, you know, kind of a quick would you rather segment before we move on into the our three picks. So the first one, um, and what we're going to do is we're just going to, you know, say quarterback A or player A or player B, and then we're going to ask everybody what they think, and then somebody's going to probably give a short little sentence to follow it up. So first one we got, would you rather have your quarterback one in fantasy football be Joe Burrow or Justin Fields, John? It's t- me. This one's really, really close, I think, but I am going to go with Joe Burrow. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to come back from that injury and adding Jamar Chase absolutely helps, but I think I like Bengals, Leighton. I'm going to kind of steal your thunder a little bit. They do have a worse defense. Going to be more of a shootout style football game between them, so sorry sorry to steal your dig, but uh, it makes a lot of sense and I like it. Yeah, I think I have to agree with them. Um, not because I don't think that like Justin Fields can can match or uh, exceed Joe Burrow's offensive fantasy potential, but I just think I like John said. I think Bengals are going to be in a lot of shootouts. I think Jamar Chase is going to eat next year. I think what who else do they have? Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, and they got rid of AJ Green. Who's that? Oh yeah, T. Higgins. Yeah, forgot about him. I I think they're surrounded by a lot of pretty solid playmakers there. So I I like Joe Burrow in that. So since John took my thunder, I'm going to call an audible. I'm going to go with Justin Fields just because of his running ability. And and John stole my thunder. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Would you guys rather have as your running back Najee Harris or Cam Akers? Nate. I feel like I want to say Najee Harris, but I think I'm going to say Cam Akers. I don't trust the Steelers with their uh, running game from last year. I don't really trust the Rams running game either. For some reason, just like Cam Akers doesn't get me that excited, but I know he was pretty productive towards the end of the year. So I didn't really pay attention to him that much. Um, What are you guys' thoughts? So personally, yeah, I'm going to take this one. I'm going to go out on here. It's not too far, but James Conner last year, he was the RB23 in fantasy. Uh, He had six six total touchdowns, which I think is extreme um, for any rushing offense, but um, and had 720 rushing yards. And he also had 31 drops, which was extremely high. Or hold on. No, that can't be right. That's a lot of drops. No, he had he had Johnson. He had four drops, which was he got the running back position. Excuse me, sorry, complete. I I looked at that and I was like, that can't be right. That seems way too high. Anyway, going into all of those stats, I think that Naji is a is an upgrade. Uh, maybe not the receiving ability, um, but I do think that his rushing ability definitely surpassed. Connor and as a team I looked up the stats and the Steelers actually had the lowest yards per carry average of any team in the NFL last season and James Connor still managed to be 23 on the year so I do actually like Najee Harris coming into this year I would go with Najee at first Cam Akers but I'm also not much of a Cam Akers believer take that with a grain of salt but I do anticipate Najee Harris being a top 10 running back in fantasy football next year yeah, I'm just I'm gonna go with Cam Akers. Um, Not saying I would draft him as a top ten running back, but I do think by the end of the year he finishes top ten. Yeah, well, I'm I'm gonna go with Cam Akers still. All right, Devontae Smith 
versus C.D. Lamb. I'm going to go headed first into this. I'm taking C.D. Lamb because Devontae Smith's overrated. Nate? Um, so there's, I feel like there's a, a very torn debate around when like size and measurables are called into question in a receiver, what a lot of, what a lot of how they get off the line and press coverage. And from what I saw was Devonte Smith on his press coverage reps last year did pretty well and nothing really showed that he struggled with, I guess, um, with, with strength or what am I trying to say? I don't know. Competitiveness off the line. He was still able to get off of it and get himself open. And I know it's it's a big step up to the NFL, but I I am kind of a Devontae Smith believer. I know you're not, Layton. That said, though, I still think – I think C.D. Lamb is just in a much better position. I think he's got – The argument coming where I think C.D. in a better position because for out of a quarterback as Dak Scott is, I think Jalen Hurts might be a little bit worse and uh, might be setting up Devonta Smith for a worse receiving season. I do think this one's close, though, um, because, I, I mean, there is the distraction of Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott in, in Dallas as well, and then Dak does mobile, and Jalen is at the same time. But I think that they're going to try to change things up in Philadelphia. We'll see with the coaching change coming in. But uh, I, I too, am going to side with CeeDee Lamb. I think it's the safer choice. If I were drafting right now and to fell, I would definitely go on that side because I think CeeDee Lamb would probably be drafted before Devonta Smith. I'm not sure on that. We'll see as the rankings come out. Um, but it'll it'll be pretty close. But I would probably take my swing on Devonta Smith, but I'm taking CeeDee Lamb on my, on my roster. All right, quickly to wrap up this last one, we have Kyle Pitts or one of the two Patriots tight ends, either Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith, whichever you prefer. Um, I, John, you want to hit, hit this one up first? Uh, this one? If I'm if I'm going quick, I'm probably quickly going to go with Kyle Pitts, just because I'm not sure who's going to take the lead there uh, in New England, Johnny Smith, or all of the above. They both could have very good fantasy seasons, but I think I like the upside of Kyle Pitts more. Nate, yeah, I'm I'm the same way, Kyle Pitts. I just I think it's a little uh, scary that there might be production split between Hunter Henry and Johnny for fantasy. Um, I wish we could take neither, but uh, I'll go with Kyle Pitts if, if um, gun to my head. Um, how high? Never mind. I'm not going to go on that tangent. But um, all right, well, moving on into our uh, three picks for fantasy players this upcoming season. Uh, let's see. You know, Nate, I think you should kind of go first. Your your first one's very intriguing. You want me to go? All right. Yeah. So we we did the these three picks. All of us pick three different players that got drafted that I we think will have some kind of fantasy impact on this upcoming season. So the first one that I picked was Jalen Waddle to the Miami Dolphins. Um, so he opted out last, or no, he didn't opt out last year. He was yeah. hurt towards yeah. the end of the year. That's right. Um, but just a really solid wide receiver. I know we weren't super, super keen on him on the pre-draft episode for his uh, NFL outlook really but what I see is a really well-rounded and talented wide receiver he's he's fast he's strong he can he can high point those those balls downfield to make him a, a really good vertical threat and his from what I saw is his route tree stems primarily from the slot which I believe or what I'm guessing is mostly what he's going to be running with 
um, Devontae Parker and Will Fuller probably lining up more on the the edge lines or boundaries. But um, I think he'll be well – or he'll fit Miami well with Tua, who was throwing it really conservatively last year. Um, but reunited with his former quarterback at Alabama, um, I think it'll be – I think he'll be somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, I just want to interject really quick. I was – I've always been high on Jalen Waddle, pre draft process, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I think I totally agree. I think it's a good landing spot for him. Apparently, after the draft, it turns out that Waddle was Miami's favorite wide receiver, which was a little bit surprising. But you know, if it's something they they like the most, so they obviously believe in the talent. So I agree. John, moving on to your player, we have already talked about him a little bit. Um, you want to lead us off with Justin Fields? Absolutely. So we talked about but, Justin a little bit earlier in the show. <clears throat> talked about the Bears offense in general, but I'm excited for it. I think that Justin has the ability to lead this team. And I, I expect him to lead the team from week one. Um, I think the confidence that they have in him, and I think it's pretty evident that uh, um, shaky shaky standpoint on quarterback a good spot and so i would compare it to the chiefs whenever we traded up to pick Mahomes. but alex smith was obviously yeah. a much not that the production is going to be the same but if we're comparing the situations of quarterback at the at the time being uh then Andy dalton and alex smith is just it's, it's not there so i don't expect andy dalton to start next year for chicago i expect week one justin fields to come out and i'll throw some numbers out there We'll see how this ages. It's probably not going to age very well, but um, in our 17-game season, Justin Fields will be a 4,000-yard passer. He'll throw for and 15 interceptions. I'm not going to put a number on rushing yard because I really don't know what to expect because the Bears' offense was super slow last year, but I think that was mainly because of who was playing quarterback for them. So we'll see. 1,000 yards seems like a lot. Um, 29 touchdowns. It's, I think that's one off the rookie record. I think Baker threw 30 a couple of years ago. I think that's the rookie record for touchdowns, which we'll see that broken here in a few seasons probably, if not this season, by Trevor Lawrence. But um, but anyway, yeah, that's my prediction for Justin Fields. QB 13 on the year. Hmm. Interesting. I could buy into that. So you think he's going to start week one? I do. I expect him to be the oh. I, I agree with you there. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I think he's a lot more NFL ready than like Trey Lance, I guess. Yeah. And that, that 49ers whole plane was to let him just get take a year and get more accustomed to the NFL speed and the playbook and kind of what's just expected of him. I think I think Fields is a professional already. I think he'll be ready to go. If we're looking hmm. at a See, this is going to be the last thing that I add, but thinking about last season, like who were some of the quarterbacks who were right there on the wall? They were too good to be out there every week, but they also weren't quite good enough to put in your starting lineup. I think he's going to be very similar to a Ben Roethlisberger on a week-to-week production standpoint um, that I saw last year. Because Big Ben, like I remember there was a stretch later, probably in the last third of the season, where Ben put up like 18 or 19 three or four weeks in a row. And it, it really kind of sucked having him on my bench, but I also had just having him in my lineup would have obviously been worse. So 
he's going to be a guy out there that's probably going to be on some waiver wires. He'll probably be owned in at least 80% of leagues, but you might be able to find him out there, and he could be a great streaming option for you. Hmm. I still don't think he's starting week one, but he'll definitely be starting by like week three, especially if they lose week one and two, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe we can get another bet going there, John. Um, <laughs> all right, <laughs> moving, moving on to my first player. The guy who I'm, I guess I'm high on, but John isn't. So it's kind of kind of feels weird to say I'm high on Trevor Lawrence, but at least from a fantasy perspective, um, I am pretty high on Trevor Lawrence. So did you guys know? I was asking. We were talking about this beforehand. The Jaguars' defense gave up 30.8 points a game. That is 31, basically 31 points rounding up, and almost 500 yards a game. I, that is, I can't even wrap my head around that. That's the average. That's not like the worst game. <laughs> so obviously they've added a few pieces on defense, but I just totally think that, um, I think that the defense will still not be great. It'll probably be better. Obviously there'll be a better overall team, but I don't, I think they're going to have to win a lot of shootouts. Obviously they added a lot of pieces throughout the draft. They added um, Travis Etienne, which we'll talk about later. And they added tackle Walker, Walker Little, wow, out of Stanford. Um, so that's obviously surrounding him with talent on his rookie deal is always the way to go. Um, so I just think there's a lot of potential there. They're, they have really, they have pretty good wide receivers. Like when I say Marvin Jones, LaVisca, Chenault, and DJ Chark, it doesn't like scream like a lead or anything, but it's a really consistent group of wide receivers. So I, I don't even know if any of the wide receivers would be good options for fantasy, but in terms of just overall talent, that's a pretty talented wide receiver room, um, I think, for his rookie campaign. Um, and one thing I wanted to do um, before I finished up is kind of similar, just quick, you know, just choose an answer and kind of move on S- semi to what we just did. John, do you want to inject before that? Real quick. Consistent is not the word that I would use to describe Marvin Jones, especially from (laughs) if anything, maybe the most inconsistent wide receiver that is on drum of fantasy wide receivers today or going into next season. I just feel like the room as a whole on blast for Marvin Jones. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to put you on blast. I I did get where you're coming from there, middle of the pack. If average wide receiver and as a group they're i would say as a group they're probably at very middle like 15 to 18 wide receiver group perspective but uh yeah no definitely not a assistant producer marvin jones maybe he will be maybe this is going to be the rejuvenation of his career i think it's the second best wide receiver room out of the rookie quarterback stake and the only one you could argue with is um, Justin Fields with the Bears, and that's just because they have Allen Robinson, but I think everything else, they're more talented, so I don't know, it's a good situation. Um, so quickly, yeah, kind of doing the player picks, because we, or at least I went on and I looked, Trevor Lawrence is currently going as QB number eight, or no, QB nine, sorry. The, compared to a lot of players you would not think he would be kind of in the draft range, um, so kind of just quickly going through this, he's a Ranked ahead of this one person and the other three are behind, but all right, Nate, would you take, would you either have Trevor Lawrence or Kirk Cousins as your fantasy quarterback? 
Trevor. <laughs> John? Yep, Trevor Lawrence as well for me. How about Tom Brady? Nate? Um, Tom Brady, I think. Just the weapons he's thrown to. John? Tom. Ooh, I'm, I'm going Trevor too. So I'm, I'm a homer. I get it. All right, Matt Ryan or Wait, Trevor what was Lawrence? that? Was that was that Trevor or was that Tom? I said Trevor. Trevor? Okay. Oh, classic. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I'll take I'll take Matt Ryan over Trevor, I think. Matt Ryan? Okay. John? Yeah. I'm taking I think. Yeah, I'm taking Trevor too. Because Matt Ryan can't run. At least I know Trevor can sort of run, you know, pick up a little points there. And then last but definitely not least, Matt Stafford or Trevor Lawrence name. Um, I think I'll take Stafford. Hey, this is John? the closest one. Definitely, like really, really tough. It's I tough. think I'm gonna go Stafford just because it, and I like the receivers in Los Angeles. It's God, it's so hard. It's a coin flip for me today. I'm feeling Trevor Lawrence just because he can run. Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford isn't rushing for more than 50 yards. I'll, I'll make that bet really with you. Straight up, just higher. What? Make the bet with you that Matt Stafford finishes as a higher overall QB at the end of the year. And with that, we will go to break and we will come back <laughs> right after this special word from our sponsors. All right, we are back. Uh, going through our another um, rookie picks. Kind of our favorite landing spots, you know, names that will attract attention, high drafted players, etc. So I think we're going to pass it over to John to go with his number two pick. John? Najee Harris, running back, Pittsburgh Steelers. Talked about him a little bit too. Um, I'm excited for Najee. I've got him rated as RB8 on the season whenever it all gets wrapped up. I know it's, it's pretty bullish, but I – I believe in Najee. I think he's a beast. We'll see. Uh, see how he follows in the footsteps of previous Alabama running backs. Kind of been mixed. Um, we've we've had mixed results with Alabama running backs lately. So we'll see how it works out. I like Najee and Pittsburgh, and I think that Big Ben isn't getting any younger, and they're not going to be able to move the ball as well as they've been able to in the past. I think we began to see that a little bit last year. I know they had a good season, but uh, – We'll see how it works out. I I like the Steelers' fit for Najee Harris, and I think long term, if you're you know if you're in a dynasty format, I think Najee probably, I think he'd be my third pick for dynasty. I think I would take Trevor and Justin Fields before I took Najee. But yeah, I, I'm Ooh. I'm very high on Najee for dynasty. Dude, that's that's tough. The I don't see one. Fields Sorry. having a long career in Chicago and I also don't see Mac Jones having a long career in New England and I don't really think Pitts should be in that conversation of a top 10 dynasty pick but oh no I don't know he's gonna go like top five dynasty he probably will but I don't know I don't know I don't know we'll see how the longevity plays out for all of them I know running backs risky to go that high in dynasty but I I'm a I'm a that just shows how much of a believer I am in him I'd definitely go Trey Lance, but that's all right. That's for a different day. Uh, Nate, why don't you lead us on with another running back? All right. My second pick was 
I wasn't he selected right after Najee? Like uh, a few right picks after. later. It was okay. Well, Travis Etienne to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought this was kind of a curious pick by Jacksonville. Um, also, um, sorry to interrupt. It was right after. I apologize. That's what I thought. But yeah, I thought this was kind of weird. I was a little caught off guard by it, just because of James Robinson's big year last year. I know it's it's never a bad idea to have um, running back depth, especially with a 17 game season now. It's very common for run, running backs to get banged up, so it's not a bad idea to have some some depth of talent there. But uh, ETN will be joining Trevor Lawrence at Clemson again, my second player to be reuniting with their former college QB. Um, but a couple things that uh, Coach Urban Meyer commented on when asked about ETN, he said that they wanted to get him just because he was a really explosive offensive weapon and – it was just another piece that they could surround Trevor Lawrence with to make him uh, more dynamic and make him feel more comfortable. But the most exciting thing to me that I heard when he was talking about ETN was uh, the comparisons he was making to Percy Harvin. Um, and who was a guy who was used as a running back who also got flexed out into the slot into the sideline receiver. And so this gives me quite a bit of optimism that ETN should be a viable fantasy option, but I'm still, just a little bit nervous uh, how how early I'd be reaching for him with James Robinson still there. I feel like it's Robinson's role to lose at this point. Um, but, I mean, I think Etienne is a beast. I think he'll be a stud. Yeah. I Go ahead, John. Could you see Etienne falling into, like, a Chris Thompson-type role in Jacksonville? Not necessarily the Chris Thompson that we saw in Jacksonville, but more what we saw in Washington in years prior to that yeah a little bit okay so i'm gonna stick with the washington theme maybe more like a like jd mckissick of recently okay when when antonio gibson's been hurt like somebody who's a pretty elusive runner but is kind of just makes their makes their money catching catching passes and stuff jd mckissick he might be a little bit rich for me yeah but yeah, somewhere somewhere in between there. I also but, was going to ask this question. He'll carry the ball more than JD. Sorry. Yeah, he will. That's true. That that's true. But it, anyway, so if we're looking at Etienne and Najee, and then as Chiefs fans, we're looking at Clyde. Would either of you choose someone other than Clyde to have on the Chiefs roster right now? Not not talking about fantasy, just talking oh. about pure football choice. Are are either one of you? I, I assume Etienne's out, but for me, it just comes down to Najee and Clyde. Dude, and people claim we're two Chiefs bias. Sorry. I yeah, I think I'm still taking Clyde. Oh, I think I think I'm probably taking Najee. Um, for what the Chiefs do, I'm taking Clyde. Exactly. That's that's a hundred percent why okay. I say Clyde as well. Okay. So what what do the Chiefs do? With like, Clyde, that it's I more feel like so we didn't we didn't see it last year at all. What I we think it's more so what Reed is looking for. Just how like Spags, I can't think of the DN that we drafted. What's his name, Leighton? Uh, uh, Joshua Kando. Yeah, just just how that was a Spags pick, an athletic edge rusher. I think Clyde is the same for Andy Reed and his offense that he likes to run. But Najee, like talent prevails. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, AKA Nick Bolton. Clyde's, uh, oh, geez. Clyde is uh, 
just watch Nick Bolton be a Hall of Famer. Gosh dang it. Clyde is very comparable to Brian Westbrook in Philadelphia, um, and he was a really good fantasy option too. But I think you'll see it this year since we didn't add a ton of like receiving options. Like Obviously, we added the tight end, and man, we're going down a rabbit hole, and Powell, but I think Clyde will get a lot more targets in the passing game. Um, anyway, like, that's, that's what I hope for. If that's what we get, then I'm, I'm all in on Clyde. Yeah. But if we get the Clyde of last year, that was a little less dynamic in the passing game. Then I think I would take Najee for just a, just a better traditional running back. Okay. So, sorry, back on, uh, back on pass. Sorry. <laughs> where, where, where were we? Gosh, dang it. Brian we just wrapped up ETN. Yes. Okay. Good, good. My question for you guys. Do you guys feel more comfortable drafting James Robinson or ETN? That's a kind of interesting because uh, I let, think James, James Robinson is – people might reach for him. And I think – Scott. Oh. No, you're not allowed to say that. Oh. We'll bleep that out, Scott. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it's not a I bad could, thing. He's a good if, player. Sorry. If I could snag Travis Etienne like much later, I think I would get him and maybe be hopeful that he could become the starter later on. I mean, I just don't think I would really want either of them. Okay. So here, I just looked up really quick. According to a sleeper, James Robinson is the 34th running back right now. And Travis Etienne is, uh, oh wait, that's definitely wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> What's that going to be like a 31 drop stat? Uh, yeah, uh, basically. Okay, James Robinson hey. is select going one, two, three, four, five, six spots ahead of ETN. Hmm. Okay. Do, does that... Not much of a difference there. Yeah. We're, we're at relatively like in the 30s. Um, yeah, so James Robinson's overall 34 and Etienne is 54 overall overall rank not running back rank just make that clear i was trying to do <laughs> Wait, earlier. overall as in on the board 34 overall for james and Etienne is 54 Etienne's going 54 wow as oh, right now way too rich for me way too rich for me for which one or either for et well either one of them Honestly, I'm not touching either one of those at, at that ADP. No chance. It's you will not find me in the Jags backfield. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think there's other places I'd rather spend that on. Yeah, it's, it's where does Clyde go in that? Sorry, not to be Jeez. too much on the Clyde <laughs> trade, but like, I'm just curious. Clyde's 25. 25. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't like any of those very much. Well, okay. Anyway, I, I just was I just was curious because I think that's the big question, especially if you want ETN. On, I would rather have ETN. If I'm drafting one, I'm drafting ETN. Yes, because I think Robinson's going high. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't really love either of them right now. I'm honestly, I, think I was honestly that, wishing ETN would go to the Cardinals. but I think Robinson has like bust of the year potential at that ADP. Not to like, oh, yeah. not trying to hate on him too much, but like for that, what was it? Thirty six overall. Yeah. Thirty one. Thirty four. That's just high. That's super high. Huh. Yeah. It's it's something. Um. Okay. 
So going along with my running back, I chose Michael Carter for the Jets. Um, if you don't know who that is, that's okay because that's what he I'm will here in for. about three and a half months. <laughs> Probably. So he went in the fourth round, number 107 in the draft, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. He also went to North Carolina. Same with that. Uh, gosh, I'm forgetting the other North Carolina's running back's name. He went to the Broncos. They played on the same team. He kind of went a little lower than I thought. I thought he'd be a third round guy. Um, but in college, he had 156 rushing attempts last year um, with for 1,245 yards. So that was an average carry of eight yards per carry, which is, I mean, it's kind of eye-opening. I know it's at North Carolina, but it's still pretty good. Um, and he also had 25 catches for 267 yards. So that's about a little over 10 and a half yards per catch, which is really good. He also scored 11 touchdowns in 11 games, and two of them were on uh, a reception. And obviously, since nobody knows who Michael Carter is, you know, nobody's like pounding the table for him, but he's he went to the Jets. Their running back room right now includes Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, LaMichael P. Ryan, and Josh Adams. Yeah, that's a, that's a group. So I think obviously Tevin Coleman will probably be the starter. I think Michael Carter will start out as a running back too, but I, I mean, Tevin Coleman's only on a one-year deal. I think they're going to throw Michael Carter in there if he's doing just about the same or a little bit better. But, I mean, obviously the Jets weren't were the Jets last year. They have Mekhi Becton getting a year better, and they added Elijah Vera Tucker on the O-line, who is really good against the run. Um, he'll be a really good pickup. So I think they'll have a lot more room to run the ball. And one, and I know Robert Sala is their coach. He is going to implement kind of the Kyle Shanahan offense, or he's going to try to, and that includes a lot of running games. So I think Michael Carter is definitely a guy you can look for. And just another nugget, Zach Wilson uh, at BYU, he, their running backs caught 37 balls in 12 games, so that's about three a game. I think that will definitely go up in the pros with Kyle Shanahan's offense as well. And last point about my guy, um, Michael Carter is where is he? I was just looking. He, he is, is going right now at pick one twelve in the fantasy draft. I know, I know it's March or it's May. Wow, it yikes. is a Monday. Oh, <laughs> yikes! I know it's only May, but if you can get Michael Carter, you know, at pick one hundred and twelve, like who else are you taking down there? So, I mean. The guys who are going after him right now are Sony Michelle, Zach Moss, Alexander Madison, and Devin Singletary. Talk about a group. So he definitely has high potential, um, especially as a rookie. They liked him for a reason. And another thing I want to point out is he, the Jets did not have a third-round pick. So if they would have, they might have taken him in the third round. So anybody want to chime in on that, or is that just all me? When you, when you submitted this pick to us, like, I was kind of excited about this guy. I didn't even really know his name. I just knew of the running back from North Carolina that I really liked. I think I watched him in like just a game versus Clemson. He gave me like very big Aaron Jones comparisons. Like I thought he was like a pretty patient runner. He didn't look super fast, but just when he hit his hole, he hit it hard and he, he was very explosive and he was sure handed out of the receiving game. I, I mean, like you said, 
going like tenth round. I mean, yeah. I, I love that. Oh, it was Javante Williams, by the way. Upside. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love Carter's upside at that late in the draft. I mean, Somebody can yeah. really make Leighton mad if they they snagged him. <laughs> yeah, it happened with me last year with Antonio Gibson. I don't want to talk about it. So I'm definitely going to be targeting Michael Carter. So uh, none of you guys take him. So <laughs> how early would you take him? Uh, I'm not going to tell you that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just I'm not... just just for reference, like I would probably take him with my eighth pick. Your eighth pick? Yeah. I'm taking him in the second round, so, you know. I hope you do. I really, like, I, please. No, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm Be high on him, though. Guessed. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, moving on to another. Um, so a lot of receiving options to finish out with the last three picks. So who wants to go first, Nate or John? John. John, let's go uh, with the bomb. I'm sorry, the wide receiver, Devontae Smith. All right, we're really, really getting it off on a different note with Leighton. He he's been super high on Devonta Smith uh, in the past previous episodes. So I'm glad that he's changed his tone to kind of come back down to earth. No, um, I mean he's definitely the number one wide receiver. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was that guy's name that came on late? Travis Fulgham. Yeah, say bye bye to Travis Fulgham. I'm sorry for any any of you deep waiver wire managers out there uh travis fulgham's days are over in philadelphia and heck jalen reggers days are over in philadelphia because hey, there's a new era my man in the you. city of brotherly love my hometown actually yeah fun fact out there i don't know if either of you guys knew that what? actually i was born in philadelphia what yep westchester pa it's kind of a suburb of philly anyway uh absolutely didn't know that yeah i lived there for like two months <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a good two months. Uh, yeah, then we then we moved back to Springfield. But um, anyway, yeah, no, if I'm not rooting for the Chiefs, Philly's probably my first team out there. But I'm excited for Devonta Smith. Um, I'm no by no means a closeted Phillies fan <laughs> or uh, Eagles fan. Uh, it's just kind of just kind of fun. But no, I like I like the fantasy outlook for Devonta Smith, and I have him at a very rich wide receiver twenty two on the hmm. year. Um, I think I like his burst ability and I like the target share that he's going to get in Philadelphia because Miles Sanders had a lot of injuries last year and I, I expect his usage to go down this year, actually, even, um, as a healthy running back in their backfield, I think that they're going to try to go a different direction. And I think Devonta Smith is the future there. And like, I, I don't know, just it's the chemistry that I see already between Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith, like. The next night after he was drafted, they were courtside at the 76ers game. I don't know if anybody else saw that, but that's just one of those things out there for me that it's like I I enjoy seeing that stuff, and I think that we've seen it like with Goff and Cooper Cup, like how Cooper Cup slept on Goff's couch for a little while um, because he was like barely making it onto the roster of the Rams when he first got signed. You guys can go back and read that story. But there was a connection between Goff and Cup from from day one, and I'm hoping to see the same thing with Devonta Smith and uh, Jalen Hurts, and I do expect to see it out there. Um, so he yeah, has let, the wide receiver 28 right now. Yeah, so that's I mean that's not that far off from what I've got. I I expect a little bit more, I guess, and I could see a ceiling probably of like wide receiver 12 on the year. I'll, I'll throw it out there. 
He is uh, average draft position uh, is pick seventy one. I'm all over that. I'm absolutely all over that. Dude, you can have Devontae Smith if you let me take Michael Carter. We'll make a inside deal. But see, that's the thing is like I would much rather like I said that as high as I'd take Carter was the eighth round I think. So like. If you give me the chance, like to get an additional seventh round pick, and I trade like my eighth and my tenth, like I'm definitely doing that for Devonte Smith. Would you rather have Devonte Smith or Cortland Sutton? Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton by far. I don't right. think that's much of a question. Well, he's going after him. Um, he shouldn't be. Court or Devonte Smith or Brandon Cooks. Smith. Yeah, Devonte Smith. Um, Smith or uh, where'd he go? Uh, Brandon Ayuk. Smith. Smith. That's really honest, dude. Okay. No, 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 that was it. That's some disrespect on Cortland Sutton. I'm I'm shocked. Yeah, talking about targeting a player. Average ADP of 75. Oh, wow, okay. So it's crazy. right after. That yeah, no, that has my name all over it though. So is he wide receiver <laughs> twenty nine or whatever on the year that uh he's thirty. Marquise Brown is ahead of him. Ooh, I don't like that. I don't like it either. <laughs> um, okay, moving on to Nate with the other highly regarded uh, wide receiver, Jamar Chase. Yep. So Cincinnati Bengals took Jamar Chase with their their fifth or with the fifth overall pick, their first round pick. Um, they decided to pass on Penny Sewell slash foregoing any kind of uh, offensive lineman option to draft an offensive weapon. Um, Jamar Chase was just like undisputed, the the number one receiver going into this draft. He opted out of last season, but he set all the records in 2019 for the SEC and maybe the whole uh, BCS in general, but those were quickly evaporated by Devontae Smith this last year. But he will be reunited with Joe Burrow. I just realized that all of my, my players will be back with their – their college quarterbacks. You're just such a loving dude. It's kind of wild. I'm just well, Devonta Smith and Jalen Hurts also. That's nuts. Good, good friends. But <laughs> uh, I would, I'd expect to see Jamar Chase being a pretty immediate contributor to the Bengals' offense. Um, I mean, I could see it kind of being similar to what was asked of Jeff, Justin Jefferson last year at the beginning of it. Obviously, Jefferson kind of bursted into his his own uh, his own kind of path setting. He set like all these rookie reception numbers, didn't he? Oh, I feel yeah. Like he did. Yeah, but so I don't think you can expect the same performance as uh, Jefferson. But I think he he will be expected to to play a big role in that offense. Um, but he, he runs really good intermediate routes. He's strong with securing the catch, and he has the speed to to pick up a lot of yards after the catch. Ran a 4.3840 at his pro day, which is just lightning. So he's going as – Jamar Chase is wide receiver 25 right now, which is kind of surprising, honestly. Uh, eight, average draft position of 68 overall. Uh, would you rather have – this is kind of surprising. Would you rather have Jamar Chase or Terry McLaurin? I think oh. I'd rather have Terry McLaurin. Uh, I'm going to go Jamar Chase. Really? Terry McLaurin's going wide receiver 27. 
That's that's wild. super late, but it's kind of back to the great point that you made that I stole. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. Terry McLaurin, he's a stud. Yeah, DJ Chark is also going right after him. Don't think – I don't know. That's a tough one. After who? Jamar Chase. Huh. Um, yeah, I'd much rather have Jamar Chase than DJ. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, John, did you want to say something? Um, I was curious, where is Justin Jefferson going? We got to talking about that, and I kind of thought back to the Clyde and um, ETN. And... Oh, dude, you're going you're gonna to be mind-blown when you figure out. I think it's going to be he way top, too high. Is he top 12? Oh, he's oh, number, he's he's number top 8. Four. Oh, number eight. okay. Yep. Average draft position, 21. Wide receiver, 8. What's uh, what's what's Thielen at? Oh, dude, I don't... Thielen is at... Wide receiver, 11. No. But he's like 16. 14. 14. Yeah. Almost. So, it's That's crazy. Yeah. He had a good year last year, too. He did have a good year. That is, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty rich for Jefferson. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. Later. <laughs> um, so my last player is Kyle Pitts of the Atlanta Falcons. Everybody kind of assumed he was going to go there. He ended up going there. Great player in college. Obviously, he kind of sat out some of this year with injury, but he's still a great. Prospect overall, one of the highest uh, drafted tight ends ever. The other one was also number four overall, and that was back in like 1957. So it's been a while. Um, obviously, his you know his physical traits are incredible. He's a mismatch wherever you place him, essentially. So he, yeah, he's going to be open all the time, and they're just going to throw it to him because, dude, the Falcons have so many people to split in between. That's the only thing I'm worried about him. Like, long-term outlook after Hayden Hurst leaves, though, and if it's just Ridley and Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts is going to be a stud, whether they trade Julio or not. Because if they trade Julio Jones, he's going to go up there pretty heavily. But, yeah, everything you want in a tight end prospect having Kyle Pitts, where do you think he's going right now at current average draft position? Well, I think he should be tight end four. Oh, he's tight end number five right now. Behind six, Henry, I think. Uh, Andrews. Who? Oh, I forget about. I, okay, then yeah, I agree with that. I yeah. forget about Waller and so, Andrews. And this just shows how weak tight ends are this year. And just to clarify, and I want to give Leighton the credit because I'm not sure if you made it very clear in this, but Hurst is not on the Atlanta Falcons anymore. They did not no, exercise. He the is on the Falcons, but this is his last year on the Falcons. Oh, okay. Oh. I was confused on that. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry, I didn't make that clear. So they they had till I think the end of t- actually like four o'clock on May the third to pick option for not this season but the season after. Okay, so I see. This upcoming season, Hayden Hurst is on the roster, and not that it probably um, makes much of a difference. Probably honestly. not. Yeah, I don't know. Average draft position of sixty nine overall. That is good number. I don't know how I feel about that, though. I think I'm taking it, honestly. Really? And I, I, I feel like I've been too rich on the rookies this year, but I think, well, just... I like it because it gives you a chance. Like, it, I think taking pits, and I know I kind of dogged on them earlier, but, like, you did. Uh, I think it gives you a chance to have a top 
three tight end on the year. And if I can get that at 69 and then turn right around at 71 and get my guy <laughs> and then eighth round go in there and get the Jets running back. I can't even remember his freaking name right now. But <laughs> you don't deserve to have him on your team. I'm going bam, bam, bam. All three of them. Now. But I think this just shows, and we are, I, I, I would honestly be okay with talking about this for like 40 minutes, but the tight end group is so weak that a rookie who has never played a snap in the NFL is number five overall. That's mind-blowing to me. You did just give him some credit, though. I mean, like, yeah, he's he's the biggest biggest hide for hide highest around a tight end. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but I mean, you're the truth. You're the Kyle Pitts truther here. I, like, I that's am. Not I, me. Just, I just all the guys going after him is just. You I don't want them on your roster. <laughs> I don't think I have any problem with taking him at sixty nine. I mean, somebody I, somebody's I really gonna take him before that. This, I really hope I get the sixty ninth pick. Dude, really somebody, somebody is taking him before that. I guarantee it. Good uh, vibes for a fantasy. He season. is going to go up. He's going to climb draft boards before the season starts because you're going to get all these training camp stories. Oh my gosh, he's impressing so much. Julio Jones says he's. If the best. only Atlanta had hard knocks this season, then he would go through uh, the dude, roof. He, he, he might be challenging Travis Kelsey. Is hard knocks there. even a thing? Did that get canceled? Not like no, canceled, no, no, no. but like. They haven't announced who it is yet, I don't think. Oh, really? Okay. I don't think so. I thought I thought there might have been something that happened with Hard Knocks. I think they announced it in June or July of this year. Okay, anyway. then if Atlanta gets Hard Knocks, watch out. Dude, I'm telling you. I mean, I, I would like to compare him to people after, but, like, there's no point. <laughs> I think we'd all take Pitts over anybody else. Who would I mean, you like, rather have on your roster, Ridley or Pitts? That's a good question. Um, based on the draft position, I'm going to go with Pitts. Just overall, like, I don't know how to word that question. I don't know how to word the question that I'm trying to ask, but I'd rather have Pitts. Because Kyle, because Calvin Ridley is going wide receiver number seven right now. That is gross. That's He's really such a rich. Or bust wide receiver seven. Nate, who got off to the hottest start last year? Yeah, I'd rather have Pitts. I'd be pretty excited as my tight end. You should take him. 69 hell yeah yeah. <laughs> I, yeah i think with all the love that we've just shown him his adp bumped up to 67 dude i think so dude. We got a dog on dude, so, somebody's gonna jump on him in the middle of like the fifth round it's just I, gonna happen i i'm gonna i'm gonna put a prediction out there i think kyle's gonna draft him in our league why no i don't know i just no. i get that feeling i think he will i don't think so. and that's that's no disrespect to kyle at all I, it's no just... kyle rob gronkowski is going right after him we know who kyle's taking I was taking Kyle Pitts. They're name buddies. Didn't Kyle, didn't Kyle comment on the, the Pitts post? Did he? I think he did. He did. Uh, John, you're spot on. I think Kyle's going to take Kyle Pitts. I, okay. I'm just out here with accurate takes all day, except in this time. <laughs> anyway, um, do you guys have anything else? I think, I think that's about it we got. Um, Good show. All right, let's, let's, it's been fun. This is fun. Um, okay, out of the nine players – we mentioned who would you want to have on your roster the most based on where they're going in like drafts, essentially Kyle Pitts. Oh, that's quick. I, I don't know if we started doing this. Where was Jalen Waddle going? Jalen Waddle was going a couple picks after uh, uh, Devonte Smith. So 
Devonta Smith was 27. Uh, Jalen Waddle is 29. Average draft position of 77. I don't want to dwell on it too long, but I also don't want to brush over the importance of it because I think it is extremely important to differentiate why I'd rather have Pitts than any other player. And it's because tight end is such a low, like it's, it's, it's such a low ceiling position and there's not a ton of risk associated with pick 69. If you're like, if you're going with the fact that you're going to get him there, that's not a ton to pay for the upside that he brings along and so, like, I think his floor is also higher than most of the other guys that we talked about. And positionally, I think Kyle Pitts makes sense. Nate, do you have a answer for you? Um, I really don't know. I don't. It, it's hard. And it's hard. It, it's kind of hard without it right in front of me. I think I like to see, like, everybody that's going out or getting picked up around them. I, I think I like the Kyle Pitts for the value. I think I like the Michael Carter a lot. You're taking my Michael Carter takes. I think, I, I'm yeah, definitely going to go I with Michael would, Carter. Yeah, like, I think I would. With the amount of touches he's going to get, I'm predicting he's going to get he, – he's going to be at least a solid like running back too. So. And not to disagree with your guys' choice, but you also have to factor in the fact that like he's probably not going to get starting touches until like three-quarters of the way through the season because I think even if Tevin Coleman does fade, which he will – it's going to be a split backfield for a while unless he goes down with injury, which like I would never wish for that to happen. But I think he has been kind of an injury prone player in his history. You could also say that about Kyle Pitts because he got hit nurse there. That is true. Yeah. I just think with, with eighth, eighth round, ninth round, I'm willing to kind of take that, make that investment in Carter, wait a couple weeks and see if he's has some uh, upward trend. Yeah. Cause rookies take a while to catch on for the most part. So. I would. I don't know if I would go near Jalen Waddle or Jamar Chase for where they're going at, though. I think I would take Waddle over Devontae Smith for sure. If I had, if I had like twenty seventh pick, I just don't love rookie wide receivers. They don't. Besides Justin Jefferson, obviously that's the recency bias. They don't do. On average, they don't do a ton. So that's just. Mm-hmm. But how often? I don't know. It would be interesting to see the stats of rookie wide receivers fantasy production whenever they are wide receiver one for their offense. That's true. That's true. And where their average finish is, because that's where like Devonta Smith, like I think that's where he separates himself in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. All right. We, we've been on this too long, but uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been a really fun podcast to do. Um, we will definitely catch you guys in the episode next week. You guys have a great rest of your day and a good one. Thank you guys. Thank you.